0: Hey guys, buckle up for the second season of Anubhav. My name is Girish Sanjay Shevde, Junior Coordinator of the Branding Cell, and I'll be your host for the second episode of Anubhav. We understand that choosing a specialization can be a defining point in a student's life, and to make the process a little easier for you, we have some industrial professionals from various fields talk about their journey. The Branding Cell conceptualized these weekly doses of intriguing conversation to give you a deeper insight into the world of management. We hope to help you make an informed decision about choosing the right fit for you by the end of this season. In our previous episode, we had Miss Srijan Bhan walking us through finance and the various domains it offers. If you haven't listened to the first season of Anubhav, I would highly recommend you to give it a listen as well. Let's jump into a weekly dose of the podcast. Today on the show, I would like to welcome our guest, Mr. Daniel Picardio. Daniel is the former head of compensation and benefits of Fidelity Investment India. He has approximately 17 plus years of industrial experience in human resource, mainly in their areas of compensation, benefits, and wellness. Prior to Fidelity, Daniel has worked with organizations such as Target Corporation, HP, Aon Consulting, Dell, and KPMG. He is based in Bangalore and currently on a caregiving career break. Today, sir, will be walking us through his journey in the field of human resources and talk about the multiple career revenues it offers. I welcome you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, starting with the question, was getting a job in the field of human resources always your plan? What motivated you?
1: Um, So, Girish, unfortunately, I don't have an inspiring answer for this, uh, this question. Uh, When I completed my undergrad in in 2001, there were basically three categories of kids in my class. Uh, Those who wanted to do a masters, those who wanted to do an MBA and then the third category was me who who didn't know what he wanted to do and uh, thought he would go and get himself a job. Uh, Unfortunately, 9-11 happened, the dot-com bubble burst, jobs weren't very easily available and so I pretty much took what I could get. Um, As a result of which my first job was calculating home loan eligibility and then one day I saw an ad for KPMG and it said human resources. I took it up. Um, I really liked it, not so much because of the job but because I had an amazing manager, somebody who I still look up to till today. Uh, I stuck around with the job. Um, They were the ones who encouraged me to do an MBA and after I did uh, one year when it was time to choose specialisations, this seemed to be the most logical thing since I had already done it for some time. So I sort of stumbled into it and I guess that's how I am here today.
0: So I think everyone has someone uh, as to look up for being motivated. I think it was same for you as the manager who was there for you in KPMG. Absolutely. Coming to the second question, sir. A lot of people have misconception that only women can do with HR. What are your views on this?
1: This is a this is a dangerous question, uh, Girish, and so I I actually didn't have the answer to this one. So I I did some online reading and I found out that there is a fairly dark history as to why there are so many women in HR, and it it dates back to the eighteen hundreds where. Um, You know, the first strain of HR type roles were seen in factories where women were called on to be welfare officers to look after the women and children of workers in those factories. So it was largely about welfare. Uh, Two world wars later, they introduced training, they introduced recruitment, Um, cut to the 1970s where the most popular uh, industry was manufacturing. And manufacturing required two types of HR folks. You had folks who were doing administrative related stuff and then you had folks who were managing labor relations. The labor relations piece was largely dominated by men. Um, and sadly, our perceptions of women were terrible back then uh, As they, you know, and, and they still continue to be pretty bad even now. So um, women were assigned the administrative and the clerical part of those roles. As things became more automated and mechanized, the role for uh, men kind of went down. The clerical jobs took over, it became perceived as an administrative and a clerical role. Um, There is, HR in terms of its role has changed significantly since then, but I feel like sometimes it's a vicious cycle. So if you think about the gender disparity uh, in other fields where women are in a minority. Whereas in HR, where women might be in a majority or equally or more favorably placed, uh, women tend to see it as a safe spot, men tend to see it as a threat. Um, But that's not the issue that we should be discussing. I think the thing that we should be discussing, which I personally found very, very disappointing is that the unequal pay gap, uh, which we see across a whole bunch of other uh, areas of work exists in HR as well. Um, In fact, the statistics show that men um, in the US, for example, make about 35 to 40% more than women, if you put all of the career levels together and they average it out. And so that's the issue that we really need to resolve. Um, Therefore, you know, women doing well in HR, I think has a long history to it. uh, But it's also, uh, it's also not a history that we should be very proud of.
0: Rightly said, sir, we should also discuss about the pay grade difference. What is there between the men and the women as said by you, sir. What is an ideal skill set that a person must have to be in this field of a human resource?
1: Um, I am I'm a big believer in uh, HR being, uh, you know, at par in terms of the kind of skills that we bring to the table. So I would probably put them down as business understanding. Um, analytical and decision-making, finance skills, legal knowledge, change management skills, and then finally some amount of communication and negotiation. So I would I would probably stack the high, hard skills up, because that is what uh, helps you have meaningful conversations to drive business forward.
0: I hope the listeners listening to what Sir has said has gained have gained a little insight what the skill sets that they required. So, what are the different career options and how has your growth been in this field?
1: Um, I think the, the various options are really, you know, as defined today. Any, any Google search will tell you this. You have HR business partners, learning, HR systems, um, compensation and benefits, which is what I do, um, HR operations, compliance, talent management, um, recruitment, HR consulting, if you're looking at HR as a service provider, um, global mobility employee relations and so on um, like my entry into the hr system itself my chosen specialization was also kind of by accident so when i when I got my first job off campus um, I was required to do the annual pay planning for the entire uh, you know site that I was working for and uh, while working through it I, I realized that okay this is this is not too bad this is quite interesting probably something that I want to explore a little further and uh, I guess one thing led to another and that's where I am um, right now. So uh, my first foray into compensation and benefits was with uh, was as a side project if you want to call it that. Then as an HR consultant uh, with Aon from there, I moved to Hewlett Packard as an individual contributor. So I moved from being a people manager to being an individual contributor because I wanted to get deep expertise. Um, and from there onwards to to being a function head at uh, at Target um, and then subsequently at Fidelity.
0: As you said, sir, uh, there's a quote which also says, sometimes we take a left turn to go to a right direction. <laughs> so it may be the same.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure it is.
0: Yes. As we know, technology is growing rapidly. Do you think the future of HR roles will be taken over by AI or is manual intervention necessary in this field?
1: So I don't think this question is pertinent to HR itself. Uh, My views are fairly simple. AI is a tool um, or a machine and it cannot be an end game itself because that that ends up being uh, disastrous. If you remember the terminator series you know how disastrous it can be but uh, i don't think that it is really about the roles uh, but more in terms of the types of work that will be taken over by ai or get automated so things that are easily replicable repeatable which which can be done faster or more efficiently by machines or artificial intelligence are likely to go away. And and this is not applicable to HR, this is applicable to all fields. Whereas specifically within HR, if you think about things like engagement, if you think about executive coaching, if you think about making that final hiring decision where um, it's not just what the data shows you, but it's what you make of that data and the individual. Conflict management, uh, social perceptiveness—these are these are not things that um, I believe AI will be able to replace. And so, those elements of the role are likely to stay where they are.
0: Rightly said, "So, uh, since we can say that AI will be making our job easier, it will not—it will not be able to possible for the AI to maintain the human and human relationship. What the AI can do? Absolutely, absolutely." Sir, is it a myth that you have been an extrovert or people's person to be an HR professional?
1: <laughs> the the short answer is, I believe it's a myth um, because I'm neither of those those people. So I'm just drawing from my own example. But um, we're in an age where companies that have the best people are the ones that are winning. Um, So the emphasis is really on hiring great people, identifying who those stars are, pushing those stars to get your business results together. Um, If you take the example of technology, technology keeps, you know, the systems running, finance keeps the capital well invested. So why is really HR failing or HR looking at things like extroversion and people's person, etc. as uh, definers or definitions of success? Um, I think it's because of that tremendous self-absorption that that many HR folks have um, with administration, with jargon, with a whole bunch of things that make us constantly look inwards as opposed to looking outwards, um, we need to instead be looking at how is it that we grow this human capital which is possibly the most uh, complex form of capital that an organization has. Um, I'm going to pull up some stats. I'm going to be reading out a little bit. I may not be looking into the camera, but if you look at some hard data, um, when HR professionals were asked what courses would make them successful in HR, 83% said communication, 71% said employment law, 66% said business ethics. If you look at the ones that really drive change, things like change management or finance or any of the hard uh, courses or skills that a uh, that a person requires, only 35% of HR said change management makes them successful, and only 2% said that financial skills are required to be successful in HR, which is really where we are, uh, you know, why we are where we are today. Um, so it isn't about being a do-gooder. It isn't about wanting to be helpful or working with people. I think there are elements of that in any kind of job that you do Uh, but it pretty much has the same objectives as other disciplines except that the capital that you're working with is human and it's and it's extremely complex.
0: Yes, sir. Sir, we know that you're now on a career break but before when you're doing a job, how did you maintain a work-life balance?
1: I, I think I did a terrible job at it. It's still work in progress but uh, during my off days, I, I liked to, uh, to wind down by, by listening to music or playing badminton or cooking but I think that what is required the most is to be able to set some very effective boundaries and switch off once those boundaries are breached so that's what I would have loved to do. Um, I would still say that it's work in progress.
0: So the next question would be like, you will be asking to the candidates and now I'll be asking the same question, sir. Where do you see yourself in five years?
1: So, uh, I have to say this Girish, I absolutely hate that question and I think it should be dropped from all interviews, uh, if possible. Because on one hand, we're teaching folks about, you know, a rapidly changing world where one quarter is different from the other and we cannot plan. Uh, too far into the future and on the other hand, we we're asking candidates questions like, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, I think that by placing this five-year kind of time box, uh, which is very old and and archaic, we, we're not, uh, we're creating an imaginary goal for ourselves. Some of the best answers are the made-up answers for these questions. If you really ask somebody where you see yourself in five years, I would say that nine out of ten times they're going to say, I don't know. Or they're probably going to say, well, I hope to see myself on a beach somewhere uh, with, uh, you know, with a nice tall, cool drink in my hand, uh, not doing anything. So I, I don't want to answer that question only because I think that it's an outdated one. Um, if, we, if we kind of internalize this form of thinking, uh, then we're never going to be able to lead fuller lives uh, in that sense. And, and that's something that I want to
0: avoid. Sir, I think that the answer will be dependent on the candidate who will be answering what he wants to answer.
1: Absolutely. I, I certainly hope that we're not going to be, be looking for uh, you know some kind of revelations in those where you see yourself in five years
0: answers. Yes, sir. Sir, coming to the last question. What is the one piece of advice that you would like to give to the students who want to choose HR as their career option?
1: Um, I would say be very clear that you are a business person um, whose capital is human beings and that is possibly the most complex form of capital. Second, don't get absorbed in the jargon associated with your specialization but look for real impact Uh, and the third which is which is really going to make me sound like an old person is there is no substitute for good old-fashioned hard work whether it's HR or any other specialization. So those would be the three pieces of advice that I would give.
0: Sir, so the words which you said were really good. I hope the listeners listening will will be will be following it. Thank you so much for joining us, Daniel. Your journey has thank been you. inspiring, and we are so grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you for allowing us to take a peek at your journey and learn from it. I would also thank like you for having me,
1: and uh, I, hope it's been, uh, I hope it's been helpful for some of you at least.
0: Indeed, sir. I would also like to thank our audience today for spending some time with us. If you like this episode, please like, comment, subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family or with someone whom you think might benefit from it. This podcast was brought to you by by The Sims Branding Cell. Thank you.